Hello, and you're listening to The Seventh Reel. This week, The Brood, a 1979 film directed by David Cronenberg, and Crimes of the Future, a 2022 film also directed by David Cronenberg. That was We've a, previously did a, an, an optional edition. That was an optional yeah. watch, but we all watched it. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not too not so optional after all. This is our second time doing a Cronenberg double build. The first time was Crash and, and uh, Video uh, Drone. Yeah, that was Michelle's. What pick. do you, that was Michelle's pick? This was yeah. your pick, Yusuf. Why return to the embrace of our Canadian altar? I think uh, I I just wanted to fill in the gaps and I mm. of what I haven't seen from him and. Uh, this one was one of the big ones. Yes. Um, that being said, I oh, it's up there with the 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 Stephen King adaptation he did in in like terms of I I really didn't care. <laughs> I could have gone without uh, both of them or, or yeah. just one of them. No, both, both of them. them. Yeah, mm. it's like the same thing. It's like I don't know. It, it, Very similar. It's a good pick to pair these two together because they're effectively kind of <laughs> boiled down to the same thing. Mm-hmm. What did you think of uh, of the brood? I it's much more interesting to think of it as like his his him vetting out the anger of his divorce than it, like operating as a traditional horror movie. Oh, so that's what? Okay, so he was divor- He was getting divorced. He, uh, apparently, he stated that he based the some of the elements of the like the ex wife on his actual ex wife. I'm like, dude, come on. She's like absolute like spot of Satan in this, like Jesus Christ. Um, well, I no, I thought she was she was rather sympathetic. Like she couldn't control her her thing. Mm. It was something that was passed down to her, right? Or was I mistaken? I, it feels like there's a lot of anger directed. Like there's a lot of rage towards like how this all fell out. Because like the last sequence when he kills her, when he like literally kills her, and mm-hmm. right and. But in that, but in that act, the violence kind of is inherited based on the ending of the his daughter also showing those symptoms. So the, I think the movie is much more fascinating. You think of it from that angle than just a traditional horror movie, because as a traditional horror movie, it's kind of boring. I mm-hmm. don't know. Like, yeah, it is. It's super boring. Like the nothing. Dreary really... Canadian landscapes. Um, that like i don't think it lack it lacks a lot of like i think i visual identity there's a bit of yeah it was basic. there's the cool gore comes at the end when the, when a guy pulls out the revolver i was like i want to see one of those kiddos get blown away by that revolver and yeah. i got what i wanted i got it it was a beautiful close-up of that little kid getting his chest blown out yeah um that, it satisfied that me on cool. that end but overall the first like i don't know 70 minutes 70 kind minutes. of dumb yeah yeah. What do you think, Michelle? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> Where were you, Michelle? Where no, were you? Because right. um, I saw that... So I was distracted because David Cronenberg did a film called Crimes of the Future in 1970. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't get that. I don't... Is it the same concept or, or is no. it just a totally different... You guess maybe he just kept the title. It mm. sounds kind of similar it's like set in 1997 which obviously 1970 it's yeah um future it seems like on a similar vein but it's i don't think the same Mm. um yeah so it's not about like them doing surgery and 
being sexy. No, it's about some dermat- dermatology clinic called the House of Skin. Oh, that sounds still sounds like it's insane. like following a big plague. Interesting. Um, mm. Which killed the entire population of sexually mature women. Oh, oh um, that sounds cool. <laughs> oh hell and yeah! And so now the virus is turning <laughs> into men. <laughs> so. Oh, interesting. So, Yusuf, what between the brood and crimes of the future, which one do you think is actually more successful as, as an actual movie? I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, actually. I kind of disliked uh, both of them. Not, like, actively. Not like I was like, mm. oh, I regret, like, uh, having Watching picked this. these. Yeah, but, but I wasn't, like, totally impressed. I thought Crimes of the Future suffers from the same thing most of his, you know... Um, later stuff does which is like it's too conceptual stars. Mm-hmm. yeah it's like a concept there, there's no sign of a plot or a story or any characters it's just like i have these ideas here's this mm-hmm. thesis which is admirable yes. that he gets to do it on this scale that's kind of mm-hmm. cool and also his like visual sense is pretty awesome like all the visuals were cool but then you lack like i i just felt like i gained nothing like nothing really came out there's very little to cling on to as the narrative progresses i think yeah because all the characters they're kind of muted and it's done intentionally right because it's like the world where like pain we've once we transcended pain like how do these people even like consider like define their humanity Mm -hmm. um i thought but the concepts that are being raised is quite interesting like it's like what do we do once we're past that once like if pain is what defines our existence and what grounds us as human then moving past that it seems that we're just doing to him it seems like we will try everything to kind of recapture that again yeah right that's why they um and, and growing the and but i don't see how that the pain being removed connects to the the, the actual plot line of a new evolution of human beings emerging like that's where it kind of lost me i was like both of these ideas are interesting mm-hmm. but i don't see how that directly connects into like one thing like actual statement that he's trying to make like like uh like what like he's what like we move on or we turn in like once we're past like once we're past pain do we turn into something else that beyond something new that is no like a new version of humanity yeah but then which... like the movie contra- like not contradicts but like they hope like what happens in the third act is that the government or like the people in control don't want people the public to know that there is like a new breed of humans that are that are popping up because that's why they swapped out the boy's organs right mm-hmm. to prove to show that oh he's a fake like this is not real he's not yeah. a real person um he's a pinocchio he's a pin- pinocchio he's a i love the boy. one little detail i do love is how his father keeps referring him to the as the cadaver <laughs> it's, it's great like that, that 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 fucked me up a little bit i was like oh okay that's that's really gross that's how he has to see it yeah um, well, I, okay, so so all of this is to say that, that you know, uh, we're transgender people are bad. That's what he means. <laughs> Ultimately, yes. That's, that's, I'm sure that's the like, exact message that that's, he's getting at. That's what he said outright. Don't look it up, but he said that. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. But it is, it is, that was the entire time I was watching the movie. That was why I was thinking. And they kept saying mm. surgery is the new sex. I was like, hmm i wonder mm. if these are some 
opinions that are not to be aired publicly that sort of thing like i was worried but it's that, like don't it's, it's, yeah it just felt like crash you know like sexualizing something that is like mm. a oh. modern invention you know yeah. like car crashes are like the bad thing that happens from the cars existing and then the sexuality yeah, and that what, like tumors like, maybe well, no i don't know or the I idea mean, of removing them like because that's well, the well, performance grow it's not them. like he grows them he removes them. oh yeah yeah, yeah. but it's, well, it's, do you view it as a tumor you can view it as like a child yeah oh yeah yeah but oh, they're next to the brood yeah yeah, yeah that's a, oh, a good one michelle Finally, thank yeah. you. You saved this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and, okay. Yeah, there we go. I do yeah. have thoughts on the brood that I was too distracted. Oh, yeah, 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 Um, I was getting little wisps of like wild strawberries, you know, like the generational, mm. uh, what is it, like, not trauma, but it's like, they can't deal with the emotions. So like his son mm-hmm. can't deal with his emotions. It's just like a cycle. Mm-hmm. It sort of maybe going into that a little, but my dad describes this film as the last good to Cronenberg. Oh my God. <laughs> he had so many movies afterwards. <laughs> That's so brutal. Because he watched Crimes of the Future and couldn't get through it. Because yeah. I don't blame his, him. He loves uh-huh. his early stuff. So... Like, does your dad like Crash? He doesn't no, like he Eastern like Promises. Crash. Yeah, I, I don't like, know his opinion. I think he, these are those are the two films. It's so weird because there's Eastern Promises and then there's a history of violence in Eastern Promises where he does like tri- str- like almost straightforward genre films. He did a Dangerous Method. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, the one about Freud. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's the one Freud. I haven't seen I that, that one that yet. Him. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. I quite like that. Okay. Yeah, and then he did Cos- then he lost his mind with Cosmopolis and then Maps of the Stars. I loved Cosmopolis. How dare you? I didn't get it when I watched it early, or like young when I was younger. It's, Maybe I should give it another go. It's uh, it's much better than White Noise, which I watched by the way. But we'll talk about that. Ah, later. we'll talk about we'll talk about that we'll talk about that. Um, and then there's Maps of the Stars, which is where my Heaven Bacon degree with Cronenberg comes into play. Yeah, bring that up again. <laughs> you don't know? Oh, wait, Michelle. Oh, oh, yes, great. Fantastic opportunity. I can't believe when we were in <laughs> When we were in first year university, we made a short film, and Vaughn's sister shows up, and I wrote for her, oh. and then she shows up and maps the stars. In the Michelle, I'm sure role. he's oh. mentioned this. Like, yeah. I'm sure times. I mentioned this before. How can you open me? We did together. I forget it because it's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Important to me, okay. With <laughs> 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 well, Crimes of the Future, I kind of, I, I kind of like the the body horror. Mm, that was fascinating. Mostly because I spent the majority of last year writing a dissertation that was partly about mm. body horror and art, and I think viewing it as more like an art piece works better mm. because the story just falls apart. Oh, yeah. And more really is like yeah. the little concepts within it yeah. that are quite interesting. Because the person who I did my dissertation about, Helen Chadwick, was a big fan of Cronenberg, but she died in '96, and I she would love she to know her this. opinion of of all these movies. Yeah, she mm. she's your dad's like perfect experience <laughs> of Cronenberg. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, I I get I I mean, I get what you what you mean. Like it's kind of if you look at it as like okay, this like statement rather than, you know, a mm. movie that has a, a, just the structure of a movie. It's uh it's fascinating, especially in relation to his whole oeuvre. Like like someone yes. like him is that's got to be what he's thinking about now, like his relevancy and what he means by all this body horror thing and what, what the obsession is. Or like like if, if you think about it as him examining those things, it's fascinating. Yes. Absolutely. Like I, I love Unfiltered yeah. without the constraints of like a traditional narrative structure. Even though there is still like an, he still there is still a story there. It just doesn't quite like come together very cohesively in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Well, didn't that happen that's with Videodrome as well? So, like, sort of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the ending just... Happened. Because it's so in, in the concept, mm. it's hard to, like, tie it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, 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 that totally... You, that's a good point. But I feel with Videodrome, it, it's, it's it's sort of excused enough through just the... Like, like I don't know, it's fascinating in, in other ways that cover up that but this yeah. i mean it it sort of is in certain ways it's mm. really cool uh, uh, about a lot of things but i still don't think it, it merits like like the the only times i found myself really really enjoying myself was when i was thinking about it in regards like oh vigo whatever is him stand in mm. for him and he's sort of uh, examining his role in yeah. the cinematic you know landscape and what it means it, as a performer as an artist right? yeah. it's like oh what you're doing to yourself is like you can see it's disgusting and inhumane but to him he's an art they keep they keep repeating themselves we're performers we're this is mm -hmm. what like this is an art let's briefly talk about kirsten stewart's character because that was yeah. a, certainly a choice that she made uh mm. acting like she's so horny that she wants to cry <laughs> but she i i which I thought was thoroughly entertaining. She was very, very funny. Um, but that sequence when she kisses him and then he says like, oh, I'm, I'm not very good at the old sex. I, I think there's this, I'm trying to, th like, it's very funny in the moment, but I'm trying to think there's, I'm trying to see if there's any more you can like kind of interpret from that. It's like how he's reject, because you can see like stuff like Crash. It's like, oh, you want to make it, it's an erotic thriller. There's like the eroticism is inherent there, but then there's, it's kind of, not elevated, but it's like he turns it into something else with like marrying it with violence. Mm -hmm. And kind of the same thing is happening here, right? The sex, like the, the joy, the sensual joy that you get is from violence, like cutting into each other, uh, stitching new ears onto yourself, as opposed to the like, um, I, especially in if, if it relates to how, if it's him like interrogating his own over, like, why don't you make movies like are for like normal people? yeah you know, he's not very good at it he's, he's, he, maybe he's just like i don't it's not for me like this is how i can like this, this yeah. is me yeah and i think um, at the beginning of his career uh, or at the beginning of any artist's career you're just sort of trying to do both things simultaneously you're trying to explore what you're good at and also um you know hmm. package it in a very you know accessible way and I yeah. think he he reached that balance a long time ago, and now it was like time to sort of just see how he would, uh, you know, and and or or not now now it's just like he has sort of his you know his own, uh, mm. money and uh, status that can just afford him to do whatever he wants. Yeah. He doesn't need to you know. This make is me. Like he lays yeah. it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I wonder if it's like, okay, is this, is this the next phase of art or just, you know, this terrible masturbatory act? Like, I think that that was a concern in the movie for, yeah, for these plastic Yeah, because people are trying to suppress it, right? Yeah. Ah, see, now I, you know what, after discussing, I kind of do, I do dig it a little bit more. Like, yeah, thinking see, about it, it's like, oh, as like a parallel to like what's actually his, his real life. Yeah, but that's um, that's what makes it fascinating in relation to it. It's like a, it's like sort of like Charlie Kaufman in a sense where the mm. the art is fascinating once you know the story behind it. But uh, does, can it stand on its own two legs? Not a lot of it can. I mean, no. Certainly, when Spike Jones is involved, but I don't think <laughs> yeah. I, th- I I didn't like Anomalisa, and only knowing stuff about the background of it made it kind of interesting. But otherwise, I was mm. like, oh, okay, well, time to sit through this shit. <laughs> Sorry, it's just him talking about how messed up he is for like two hours. Um, I kind of I, I kind of dig, dig it out. I I I don't mm-hmm. think it's it gives it's giving me more thought like. Uh, to chew on in terms of let's go back we haven't talked that much about the brood uh, maybe because oh, yeah. it's like the allegory maybe it's just because the allegory is so obvious mm-hmm. i don't know lean and mean at the very least it barely runs over 90 minutes but mm-hmm. i and unfortunately still feels kind of boring it's it's let down by the fact that none of the murders look remotely convincing or even scary it just looks hilarious that they're bashing like these old adults with like toy mallets and yeah. somehow being able to kill them I'm like, yeah. come on guys you just throw one around <laughs> like throw them off it's, it's it's a midget who cares yeah um, but they have probably like super strength I see. yeah that's what, but what do you but okay but more into like the allegory of what it it, it is about like okay so is it about how the pain of the and anger of two people separating creates this like i think it's not trying to rush trauma but like this inherited viciousness this inherent like anger so his or, her mother and father were separated right yes i'm pretty mm-hmm. yeah okay so yeah yeah i i think that's what it is oh is there anything else like like that that can be further i don't know well there was like some she said that her mother used to like beat her yeah and the dad didn't do anything about it which like in a sense kind of makes him complicit mm-hmm. and that's why she kills him yeah well yeah well it's like the you know i don't know layers of neglect or Mm. abuse and then you can't deal with it so you like form an external thing yes which then affects um oh i think because she's not Mm -hmm. consciously doing it yeah it's it's like the subconscious yeah she manifests it through her anger that she doesn't and then that anger acts on her behalf yeah but she doesn't Um, know what she's doing for i mean unless you lived you know post i think this is a generalization but post like 1980 or so you probably didn't have access to like therapy or take all of that seriously and uh i think that a lot of people aren't aware of what they're doing and how their parents have affected them so that that Mm. could be kind of what it was like it's she's doing these things unconsciously and the brood is acting on her behalf but she's not mm. like you know choosing to do that she's just feeling these things and then reacting and it comes across in like you know he, he gives it a form uh, which are mm. the children but they're also like all messed up and gross yeah they have messed up faces 
Um, I'm just imagining how fun it would be to shoot just wrangling all these kids. Like, how do you think? Do you think they were actual kids? Don't know. They move around a little bit like kids. Like, they simply move like them. Like that scene when they when they took her away and they're walking along the side of the road holding hands. I'm like, these are just little kids. I don't like. Didn't think it was like a little person. Mm, maybe maybe for like the, the mallet sequences it has to be a little person because i don't yeah. think you can get the kiddos to do that properly i mean mm. i feel like you won't get away with like that you know in the scene when they're in the teacher like the teacher gets hit yeah with the mallet or whatever and all the kids are just like what i don't know like is that not too i don't know like traumatizing for the kid but i feel like it just wouldn't happen today because people mm. wouldn't want to get mm. the wrong idea or something. Um, no, that makes sense. I don't think it would have. But it would have played. Mm. But I feel like it was a different time. So, Almost the seventies. Yeah. So they, they could have possibly done that. <laughs> I mean, which then goes back to the whole point of the film of like not really like realizing yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be so. So maybe funny. these movies are good after yeah. all. Hey. Hey. <laughs> They're you know well, I mean, no one said they were bad. I just think they're yeah. like, like sort of like birth. Remember birth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot to talk about if it's mm. if it's a flawed movie. Yeah. All right. Shall we take a break? Yeah. step right up seven reels everybody let's rate them up who wants to go first i'm gonna go three and a half three and a half i like yeah i want to do that yeah Mm -hmm. i didn't hate both of i will give uh four to crimes of the future and three to the brood i feel like after our discussion i feel like crimes of the future is much more interesting to like think think about and ultimately i think more has more to say yeah well, that brings us to what we've been watching this week. Yusuf, what have you watched this week? I watched White Noise. Let's talk about it. What do you didn't like <laughs> it. thought it was dumb. Ruined, mm-hmm. ruined my experience of the book. Took something I loved and then made it bad. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't imagine it that Why? way. Why? I, I, it's just mm. my own like, like what, what doesn't line up like I just, too, I'm so curious. I mean it was too cartoonish it was too like I don't like that he, he's just like oh uh, let's call up Adam Driver to be in this because the last one did well and he's like a hot guy now I don't know do you think he's miscast totally I don't think I've, you could, mm. why give him like a fake fat belly and uh, Put some gray in his hair. Why not yeah, he get someone? Too He's too cool. Yeah. yeah, get someone who's like actually looks like a professor of Hitler studies. And then I don't like that they're talking in like I have the same problem with inherent voice, but he does it a bit better because he he kind of remove he puts a, like a voiceover instead of just putting that in character's mouth. It's hard sometimes. The book dialogue doesn't really translate well. Translate to yeah, screen yeah. Up. Or if you say it like just out loud, it's not very natural. Like the only person I think who does that is Elmore Leonard, where the characters actually talk like people. But I think everyone else they're mm-hmm. talking in the author's voice, no matter what you do. And it's not a bad thing. I'm not knocking it down. But like, mm-hmm. there's um, 
if you've ever read uh, Freedom by Jonathan Franzen, there's a whole like full like section of the book that's supposed to be written as a journal by this woman and it's just Jonathan Franzen's voice like it makes no sense oh. like that why she would sound like Jonathan Franzen <laughs> but it's amazing it's amazing writing but I don't mm-hmm. I just think it's like it doesn't change well so that those were my complaints yeah that comes through when the kids are talking yeah. I thought every single line the kids I was like oh this they just it doesn't it just sounds like a yeah. book um, dialogue from a book I suppose is something every real person would say Michelle did you did, what did you think about it it was fine. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't think it needed to exist. Yeah, mm. I agree. I like Don Cheeto in it. Don Cheeto was, was good. And I, I thought it was cool to see Bombach play with like a bigger scale movie, and almost like kind of flirt with like Spielberg tendencies. I thought the filmmaking side was quite interesting. I mean, I just think Squid and the Whale is his best. Yeah, mm. it's a good one. You know what else is good on is uh, Greenberg. One with Ben Stiller. Just oh, Ben Stiller. I haven't seen that yet. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's so weird. It's it's really good. All right. Well, we watched. We went to the cinema twice. We saw John Wick Four and the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I like John Wick Four. That was Mm -hmm. fun. Thought you would have wanted to talk about Tetris. Oh, we also saw Tetris, the Apple TV. Actually, that's a little bit more. That's a bit more interesting to talk yeah. about. Actually, that's let's scrap okay. that. We watched Tetris, starring uh, Joel Egerton. Not not Joel Egerton. Taron Taron Egerton. Yeah. The, the 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 sweet boy from Kingsman, who's really mm. really good in this. Even though the actual guy is like part Indonesian, so casting like a white boy to play whatever Hollywood does this all the time. A f- it's the best comparison I can draw with it is Argo. Oh really. You know how Argo takes like a real life event and kind of escalates it into like a thriller. This does kind of the same thing. It's mostly just boardroom discussions of like who gets the who gets the rights and who gets the rights. But they throw in a bit of money money ball in terms of just how like making like de- business deals actually feel interesting. Mm-hmm. And then by the third act, it shifts fully into Argo mode where it goes like, no, 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 this is like a movie. We gotta have like a fun chase and like it, it, the stakes are so high, mm. even though it's a movie about Tetris. Um, but at the same time, there's the subtext of the Soviet Union collapsing and them seeking anything to like to hold on to, like to to hopefully stay afloat. Well, yeah, they kind of frame it that like Tetris is the reason the, the yes. Soviet Union got pushed to the edge. Well, it's or or this is their way of going, like trying to find a find a way out once like everything's yeah. crumbling, right? Because like, oh, this can actually make money. You're saying that we have a chance to actually like you know not have this entire country go to shit. Mm-hmm and it's much more interesting and then that kind of become the movie isn't doesn't really give that much screen time to that idea but it is there so kind of fascinating i wasn't expecting to see that in the tetris movie i also wasn't expecting a chase sequence a car chase so there is a car chase <laughs> why um fun time it's it's a good enough movie it's a good enough movie to watch with your parents mm-hmm. i would say uh what are our recommendations uh, Cosmopolis. <laughs> I loved it. Michelle, do you have something lined up? Maybe a razor head. You have a razor yes. head? But it's more like that's about the parent side rather than the kid side. I don't know. That works. Hmm. Or wild strawberries. Or wild strawberries. Just no body horror. Well, my recommendation in re- re- regards to crimes of the future is the animated film Ghost in the Shell. 
where it's also kind of delves into transhumanism. What are we? How do we even define ourselves as human? Once we can, if we can change every part of ourselves, if like what our flesh no is no longer the def the concrete definition of our humanity. So that's my recommendation. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right.、Uh, what are we watching next week? Next week we're gonna do a diploma movie. Yes, I'm so excited. We're gonna、um, we're gonna be going over Dress to Kill, the as part of Criterion. Uh, the Criterion Channel's erotic thrillers collection.、Mm. So,、uh, we're very excited. So, see you there. Dress for the occasion. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. <laughs> the Seven Frio is hosted by Armin Wong, Michelle Hassel, and Yusuf El Bashir. Logo by Joe Conti. Our ad break music is composed by Yusuf Suilan, and our outro music is composed by Yahya El Bashir. Thanks for listening. <laughs>